What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. At wlfe-dv.com for upcoming shows and so much more. Hey, everyone. It's Tuesday night again. You know what that means, don't you? It's time to join Mike and Christy for another episode of Where's My Sage? A show hosted by a psychic medium and a guy on a quest to find Bigfoot. Who would have thought? Together, they will take you on all sorts of adventures and not with lots of different people. Christy even gives readings. It's time to sit back. No, nope. Get up and get ready. You can't sample the universe sitting down. Your hosts are waiting. Come on, let's go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Where's My Sage. I'm Mike, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Christine London. And how are you this evening, Christy? And there's one. So uh, You can't count until I actually do it, and I didn't say anything before I didn't unmute myself. So, yeah. eh. <laughs> You're the so, king of that anyway. Yeah. Hi, everyone. How are you tonight? Michael, how so, are you? Uh, I'm here. Uh, I apologize for everybody and, and to our guests tonight for not being here last week. I, uh, mm. uh, if, if I get myself all tuned around, I got sick, I cut my eye open. It's, I'm going to wrap you in some bubble wrap. So, That's going to be about it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> bless the eye doctor. They got me in, got me healed back up and back moving around again. So uh, awesome. Again, you right, know, just in time to do the next thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> if I can break something, I'm breaking things, you know. Oh, it's, God, it's please don't say that. We have so much coming up to do here. So, uh, we <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I am definitely in trouble this evening. Yeah, so, you are. Look at this lineup hi, guys. so far. And John and Paul and Greg. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get beat up pretty much. Uh, it's Kongoleski. Yeah. I uh, win. Five stars. Uh, yep. I, I can't pronounce it. So, uh, uh and then uh wendy's in so so yeah it's been a, it's yes. been a crazy couple of weeks um mm -hmm. you know you ready for christmas yeah yeah i think i think i'm ready to rock and roll um, are you yeah You're actually off this year yeah i actually yeah first time in like 10 years you know that i've right? actually been off on christmas but uh you know working crazy hours for new year's but that's part of the job so uh yeah it, it's keeping yeah. the mind off of that's things good, and uh we're keeping around. I've been chit-chatting with some folks about the things. We got the the pink hair UV project going. Mm. And, uh, Doug said the hair is supposed to be out this week, so we'll see what happens Ooh, from that. We'll and uh, we'll pass it off to the crazy scientist to take a look at as well. Um, so <laughs> I love uh, that crazy scientist. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's just it's just been been crazy. Kind of stayed hey. away a little bit from the Bigfoot stuff. So, uh, so mm -hmm. what else you got going on your end? Uh, why we get a couple well, of you know, in here. getting ready for the holidays, and you know, I did have the opportunity though. It was pretty cool. I was invited to actually 
be a part of, <laughs> you know, I actually gave bubble wrap as a gift to my oldest daughter back when she was in high school because she was always getting hurt and having sports injuries. So that's actually yeah. a thing. And yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, no, I actually had the opportunity to, um, Go back to a location that I'm now familiar with um, and be a part of a documentary that another group is making on this. I have filmed there with the other group that I was working with. Um, you and I have done some things there. And it was kind of cool because the interview did not go as smoothly as we would have liked. But Spirit had other plans, which was always fun. And so we uh, it'll make for a very interesting segment in the in the show, I can't wait. So as it gets a little closer and you good? <laughs> oh, one, one, one. Yeah. <laughs> that is called so, karma, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I heard some clicking in the background. I was trying to figure out where it was coming from. So uh, I didn't know if it was my headphones or not. So, <laughs> I got everything yeah. set up over here to to do a presentation for work tomorrow so like yours spread fun. out on the table so i'm probably hey, we need to focus because we have an we have a really cool guest today yes we do we and heard him you... speak Go ahead. <laughs> we heard him speak in michigan and yes. we were both very impressed and and to hear his story um it's not like any others that i have heard hey, how about you no, no. I mean, you know, it's uh, always, you know, it's uh, the 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 subject uh, matter that we're going over tonight is something I've kind of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say mm -hmm. avoided, but uh, yeah, the UFO thing we've got a little bit. We actually have a UFO meet up here in town. Mm -hmm. Actually, my neighbor across the street runs it at the local community center. Right. It's just kind of ironic that our neighborhood is so into the paranormal, and Mary Grace runs that, and. She usually gets in and watches us, so she's been and pushing us. And you're middle so. of all of it. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah. You know, the big <laughs> one's on the street, so it's always yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. So uh, Well, and you know, the thing that really is, I mean, from start to finish, I found that he was very interesting, and I, I learned a lot because um, I have actually had students of my own in my own area who, one that's only a few minutes away from me, who has also had experiences. And when they come to me, you know, as a medium for help on that level, it gets really tricky for me. And so, you know, that's when I have to be able to say, I don't know enough about this. We can go this far, but other than that, I really don't know. It's not paranormal. It's not spirit. It's not whatever. Um, can be a little unnerving when you're not familiar with it. But then again, I learn. So, you know, to hear him speak so eloquently of, of his experiences and just of his life in general is very fascinating. So, um, why don't we bring him on? Because we're going to, yeah. guys, he has a story to tell and we're going to let him tell it. And along the way, if you have questions, um, please feel free to put them in the chat. And every so often we will um, definitely address your questions and ask your questions, but we're going to let him tell. We're just going to let him share his story. And um, I think you're going to find it pretty amazing. So and please, welcome. please like, share, and subscribe. Oh, yes. Sorry. And let me bring Bill up here while <laughs> yes. you finish the introduction. There we go. How are you doing? Yes. And Mr. Bill Konkoleski, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on the show. And um, shout out, of course, to our mutual friend, uh, Reverend Tim Shaw, who very subtly suggested I should be on your show. <laughs> so the whole dragging me up to your table thing was 
<laughs> you call that subtle? <laughs> I know. No, Tim's a wonderful person. Thank you, Tim. Mwah, mwah, mwah. He usually pops on at some point because his show's right before ours. So at some point he usually says hello. But it's really nice to have you. Thank you for joining Thank us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure, sure. So first of all, I have to clear something up. Am I saying your name correctly? Am I pronouncing it correctly? Perfectly. perfectly. Yes. And you know, the funny thing is that whenever <laughs> I hear my last name pronounced correctly, I'm like, oh, it's like surprises me. I'm like, that person really? knows me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I feel like we go way back. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So. Go ahead, Michael. I know you want to say something. Uh, <laughs> I just got to follow up with something. Uh, Tim uh, T uh, just found out the notifications aren't coming through on that email, so I will get back to you. Uh, so I'm sorry, I had a quick uh, processing. Um, no, I looking to listen to your speak is, is was awesome. Um, so yeah, and 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 Tim does that of uh, grabbing people. Pretty, uh, it's an interesting uh, a way of things. So. Uh, I'm sure he'll be here soon. So <laughs> amazing. So you refer to yourself, and and as I learned, this is actually a term, and but I had never heard it myself before. And you refer to yourself as an experiencer, correct? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. That was fascinating to me because because in all my years hearing all different things about it, I've never heard anyone use that term before. So, no, are you ahead. familiar with abductee? Is that what you are, are more commonly hearing or have uh, thought the term to be? Probably, yes. But I connected more with experiencer, probably because of what I do and the mm -hmm. things that I experience regularly. I could really relate to that. It makes it mm -hmm. more personal, you know? Yeah, it, it's the, 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 uh, the common term for somebody having the um contact experience um be it extraterrestrial interdimensional i mean really the you know a spoiler don't really know where they're from so um <clears throat> the contactee term was really big say the 50s and the 60s um but the term got kind of spoiled by people that were for the most part seemed to be just making stuff up and um there were people coming forward with their accounts but it was the the waters got polluted by people just coming in and saying outlandish things and soon there was a lot of fatigue around that term and then after that um, abductee started to roll in and, and take over as a term especially when you had a, a lot of accounts coming out like betty and barney hill they were taken Travis Walton was taken, you know, uh, you know, Pascagoula and uh, and Allagash and all of these different accounts. These people were taken. Um, unfortunate things happened to them. And then you have the the big splash of the 80s of like Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs putting out their books. And, you know, the the term abductee really seemed to fit the, the narrative of what was going on. But after a while of shaking out information about these types of encounters, some people don't have negative encounters. Some people don't feel as though they are taken. And, and people yeah. who 
tend to have this phenomena happen to them um, are also generally frequent flyers. They're people that have this happen to them again and again. It's not just sort of a one-off, get taken, and then that's the last that, that you, you have happen to you. It's a type of thing that goes on through your entire life. And so people have positive and negative experiences sometimes with the same set of entities. People who have maybe even a majority of negative experiences say that, you know, it was kind of a rough ride, yet I wouldn't change anything. You know, I, I would still have this type of experience. You know, I, I would have, you know, I, you know, I am feel blessed that all this crazy stuff happened to me, even though it wasn't necessarily all positive. And so that is part of part of the, the shift away from abductee to the experience or title. But also uh, it is a broad spectrum type of phenomena. People who have this type of phenomena often have other type of phenomena happen to them. And you know, poltergeist things, psychic things, uh, crazy synchronicities, just a lot of things come into the picture if you have this one type of phenomena. Mm -hmm. So uh, experiencer is sort of a, um, I guess, an encounter neutral term, an experience neutral term. I mean, you go through all these different experiencers, experiences, and that was, that's what makes you an experiencer. That's really interesting especially that you brought up all the paranormal and the psychic, you know, abilities and things like that as well. I wouldn't have put two. Well, not that I wouldn't have put two and two together or, or, you know, thought of them in some way, because for me, there are many different planes and I definitely believe that. And, you know, there are all different things happening and I do believe we can all share and jump through and, and move along through. So to me, that makes sense that this is just another piece to that whole puzzle. I mean, maybe I'm not articulating that, you know, as well as I want, but I, I, I can appreciate the whole idea of what's, what this is made up of, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You, Michael, you look kind of perplexed up there. <laughs> I, I'm trying to do some sound editing on the other side. Um, and uh, I, yesterday I'd heard in uh, another podcast, we're talking about a new scientific study uh, with MRIs of experiencers. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you had seen that, Bill, or heard about that, about the uh, um, took 100 different servicemen and women that had experiences, and they look at the MRIs and their basal ganglia, the you know, control center there in the brain. All It looks almost looks like, like a tumor, but they found mm -hmm. that everything was kind of hardwired like with extra jumper cables kind of thing. Uh, I guess it'd be not being a neuroscientist or anything like that. So uh, um, just as I, you say, experiencer, it's just kind of uh, listen to that. It's kind of interesting to, uh, you know, yeah, if you I, notice I'm that, the, and, you know. I, is it, I don't want to just throw a name out and be completely wrong, but I believe the gentleman's Gary Nolan. And I think the, the, the tip of the research is, is just sort of, leaking out now but i leaking out's not an appropriate term because he's sharing openly but the yeah the the weird thing that uh, he claims is that okay so people that have this type of specific brain uh, uh tend to be the people who see ufos and have contact experiences and the strange thing is is that he was able to get mris from people before they had their experiences and to show that these people already had these type of brains before they had their first encounter. 
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So, yeah, because it was like, which is causing which? Is Are these types of experiences causing people's brains to go unusual or is it uh you know the brain first and then it leads to these type of encounters i've never had uh an mri and so you know i don't i don't know what my brain looks like but um uh, i i don't think it's necessarily uh caused me to uh experience things that aren't um, authentically happening and if it means that some of the psychic stuff uh, if you have that special kind of brain, um, happens to you more frequently. I don't know, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I've had multiple, uh, so I'm actually going to go back and see if I can, I can find those scans because I mean, I'm not an experiencer myself, but, uh, doing this field, you know, it's like, Hey, can I get, get the one up on somebody? You know? Ooh. Um, but, uh, you're and, curious to know what yours look like. <laughs> And it, you know, and I'm not, I'm not taking it as, as a joking matter at all, um, because you folks are, are, are experience, like you said, experiencing something, and uh, most of my friends have had experiences. Um, so, coming to the community and uh, letting folks know that you had your experience, um, how did you? Uh, come out to let folks know that you had that, that, that encounter, that experience. Um. Okay. So my very first memory in life, age two is of a little gray guy coming into my room. I mean, my very first memory in life, it's not something that came back to me several years later. Like, Hmm, I think I remember this weird thing that happened to me when I was little. No, it burned in my memory. The moment it happened, a little gray guy comes into my room, stares down over the crib at me, I'm freaking out, yelling for my parents. My mom is in the other room telling me to go back to sleep. And the little guy uh, just come, leaves the room. And then I had experiences at four, seven, nine, and into my teen years, etc. And so this was a recurring thing that it had been happening in my life. So it turns out that the uh, phenomena runs on my mother's side of the family. And I have four older brothers, the two of which... Um, we could go toe to toe in a crazy story competition. And then the next two brothers after them, zero between them, not a thing. And then me again with all the weird, crazy experiences. And so it was in the house. The phenomena was, was there. Um, they would talk about it, but they, my, my oldest brothers, um, 11 years older than me. And then the next oldest brothers, 10 years older than me. And so they were told not to talk about it around me, 
not to scare me, not to put ideas in my head. And they didn't. It wasn't until I was in my early teens that they started to talk about it freely around me. So they, once I found out that I wasn't alone in the strange things that were, were happening to me, I would tell my family and they'd be sympathetic, but they wouldn't share themselves. They're like, you know, they were very supportive and, and didn't uh, openly doubt me or, or ridicule me. Um, but when I, you know, was able to talk to them more freely about it, I was, you know, I was going into my early teens and I had a supportive family to, 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 to come out a little bit too. And then from after that, you know, I would tell friends a thing or two, see how they responded. And, uh, you know, all, always in my life at all points, I had uh, a support system, uh, sympathetic to, um, what I've been going through. So I've been very blessed about that very open everywhere, um, at my work, you know, my family, my friends, there isn't anywhere there where I, I keep it. And, um, very, very few people seem to, to take issue with it. Most people are curious. Now you say you, you family connections and stuff like that. We, uh, interviewed, um, Andrea Perrin a couple of weeks ago and she mentioned something about, um, different factors, blood factors and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. seems to bring her closer to having that ability to make contact or, or being singled out or something like that. Um, in your research and, you know, is, is a move on, uh, investigator and everything like that. Do you, uh, tend to hear that a lot from the community or, or folks. Uh, you know, you, you hear it a lot. And I forget the percentage of RH negative blood type um, connection to the experience or phenomena um, that, that's claimed it, it. It's a very small boost. There definitely is a majority of, of negative blood types associated with the phenomena. But to me, it's not necessarily substantial. Um, I myself have an A positive blood type. So, you know, it might be my brain that's uh, weird, but my blood is normal. <laughs> I, guess. Okay. I can to totally brain. relate yeah. to that. <laughs> but, but so, so yeah, there, there may be something to it. Sure, it, it's, I, I would say it's a higher percentage than you would get randomly, automatically, but still it's not an overwhelming percentage. Okay. I was just wondering when you say, you know, having family connections, if you guys noticed anything, you know, that way that, that makes you a, a, a special candidate for, uh, you know, the gift of interaction, or do you see it as a gift or a, a negative or a positive? I guess that's the, the question that you uh, had that ability to make contact. So um, I'll answer the question this way. Um, a while back, a, a friend of mine, Sandy Nichols, who's also an experience, uh, experiencer, he asked me, he's like, do you ever wish that none of this had ever happened to you? And I said, I, I wouldn't recognize myself. You know, my entire life, my very earliest memory from, you know, being in the crib till now has been uh, embedded with this phenomena. And so I just really the best way to, to look at it from my point of view is that it, it's a part of life. Um, I, I wouldn't know myself apart from this phenomena. You know, I, I you know, I could sort of get a, a general picture of who I'd be, but I'm not sure what I would think of the UFO phenomena in general had it not been for UFOs taking an interest in me before I took an interest in them. 
Very interesting. So going back to, you know, when you were afraid and you were alone in your room and you were calling from your mother and she didn't come. I know for myself growing up and not really having a network of people until I actually came out myself and said, this is who I am. This is what I can do. And this is where I'm going to go with it. Um, it wasn't until then that everyone in my family kind of came out and told me about their gifts and everything. And my attitude was, or, you know, my reaction was, where have you all been? We were so close. So it's not like these people didn't see me my whole life and see the signs, right? Um, not to not putting blame, but it's, it's almost like when you have that network and you have those people who know, like my mother though was not in touch. So when I would be afraid at night and I wouldn't know what to do and I would have to explain what was going on and hope she understood, she didn't know how to help me. Did your mother ever offer any advice or help or do you think she knew, <clears throat> excuse me, what was going on and why you were calling for help in the first place? I don't necessarily get a strong feeling that she knew exactly what was happening at that moment. When I say it runs on my mother's side of the family, uh, my mother, to my memory, only has one experience of um, of a being in her room. But the um, side of her family, like my cousins, there are a lot of experiences uh, in that direction and that sort of thing. So she's known about it, but... I would say, you know, she was she was sympathetic, possibly in part because of all the stories my older brothers would tell, mm -hmm. and just simply that she knew that uh, you know we were surrounded by some sort of phenomena, the whole family seemingly. Right. So you got the validation you were you were needing to the best of her ability. That was the same with my mother. She didn't know really what to say or how to say it, but she she definitely knew I was not making it up. And I definitely was not lying about it. So, but she didn't know how to help. And as a parent, we all know that's very frustrating when you can't find a resolution or help, you know, your child fix or, or change or make it better. So um, that's good. Thank you for that. Hmm. Michael, hmm. do you have a question? I always have <laughs> I can questions. See the way, I can see the wheels in your head turning. No, always. <laughs> um, out of your ears a whole bit. Yeah, I just... Uh was taking care of a, a troll over on YouTube. So. Uh, so from Matt uh, from Central Florida Bigfoot, our buddy down there, uh, what happened on the other visits with Bill? Okay, so I have two whole books of stuff. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I have um, many experiences from childhood um, and also my early 20s. Attended to taper off for a while. But um, yeah, I'll pretty much a, a wide variety, and I, I will get into some of the specifics, I guess, of some of these cases, but just to get back to, because I, I, I made a plug for myself for my books. So I did hypnotic regression in 1993, 93, 94. I joined the Mutual UFO Network in 93, and the state director for Michigan at the time, Shirley Coyne, uh, she was a hypnotherapist, and I was blessed to have a half a dozen different regression sessions with her to help re-examine some of the things that had happened to me through my life. And she was obviously hugely supportive. And so I took really great notes. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to write down all this stuff that has happened to me in my life. You know, I'd make this personal journal to always get go back to. And then at, at one point, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I have a book. I could be one of those people, you know, with a book. And 
when I put all the material together, I noticed that half of the material fit really well in one category up to age 20. And the other half that I wanted to put down at a time from 21 to 25 fit really well on its own. So I split it into two books. And that first book, um, Raised in Two Worlds, is about growing up, having this type of phenomena happen to you. I'd seen a lot of books out there like, this is what kids go through when they have this type of experience. I'm like, well, this is what it's like as a kid growing up with that type of experience. And the as I, I just um, rattled off a bunch of ages a moment ago, um, four was my next experience. Uh, I was It was two in the afternoon, and I uh, was... Um, home with my mother. My dad was at work. My brothers were at school and I decided that I was going to take a nap. So I went to the bedroom and I laid down on the bed. And right when I hit the bed, my body had this very powerful vibration feeling in it. And it seemed to focus into my chest. And then I felt like somebody like pulled me out of my body, like sort of pulling a handkerchief out. And then there I was in this room um, with three little gray guys. And they were uh, treating me like, you know, a playmate, a friend, um, and we were going to have a lot of fun together. And I was out of body. They took me out of body. And I know it's kind of a big step to go from even saying that this is a physical phenomenon and trying to prove that to going to saying, oh, there's this sort of astral part to it, if you will. And Mm -hmm. who's going to be able to to prove that? But, you know, I'm just telling you what happened. So the gray guys took me out in the hallway and they wanted to see if I could float down the stairway. So they had me, they said, you know, lay down face first. And since I didn't really have a body, it was just this weird sensation where my perception got closer to the ground. And they said, okay, float down the stairs. And so I did, I effortlessly, easily, I went into the TV room below it and I like landed in this falling leaf pattern and this motion back and forth. And then I was felt like felt like I was standing. And the, the beings were really happy, like, wow, you know, this is great. You did it. You were able to function outside of your body with control. You were able to control yourself. This is wonderful. And so then I'm like, oh, this is, you know, I got to tell my mom. This is fantastic. And they're like, oh, no, 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 don't tell anybody. No, don't tell anyone. And then suddenly I was felt a powerful vibration and I was back in bed. So I ran out and I'm looking for the little gray guys um, and I couldn't find them anywhere in the house. I'm like, okay, so they left. So maybe I could do that uh, floating down the stairs thing by myself. So I went to, I lived in a tri-level, went back up to the top of the stairs, laid down face first, and I crawled down the stairs face first. And it was not the same. (laughs) It was a different experience. (laughs) And, And so then... I didn't, yeah, I didn't tell anybody for years about that. And, but yeah, that was definitely, you know, another thing that, that had happened to me. Um, at age seven um, was a, a big physical encounter for me. I was in bed. Um, it was late at night. And this black circle opened directly above my head. And out of it was this metal sort of hose-like thing that started whipping around. It seemed like it was generating electricity shooting sparks. It was terrifying. And then I felt as though I was lifted up, sort of sucked up towards it and found myself um, in a term I like to use as on board, Um, whether I was on a flying saucer, you know, a flying saucer, or if I was just in some circular building, 
um, I was in some sort of disc-shaped space. And I went, uh, there were little guys that met me at the door, ushered me into another room, and there was a bed in the room. And I assumed like, oh, it looks like I probably am going to have to climb up on this bed. But they didn't seem to be paying attention to me. In fact, they left the room. And I'm like, oh, they left me alone? Um, you know, what am I going to do? I'm some little kid, right? So I'm like, okay, so they went that way. I'm going to go this way. So I exited another door, went around this sort of big sloping hallway. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Until I found myself at a dead end. And I looked back and I saw the little gray guys were just following me, you know, kind of amused, like, oh, let's see where this little, you know, boy goes. And so I came back. They ushered me into a side room and sat me in a chair that was very much like a dentist chair. It was metallic and there weren't any restraints that I could see. But when I sat in it, I felt like magnetically attached to it. And then um, this uh, slightly taller gray, the grays that had ushered me in were about three feet tall. This gray was about five feet tall and comes up to me and says, be really good and you'll get to see the color blue. And the, the difference between the three and the five was really not much more than a height difference. They all had these giant black eyes and were just sort of this putty gray color and, you know, whatever. So anyway, so I'm laying there and I feel the sharp pain on my arm, like somebody just sliced open my arm. And I look down and I see uh, a, like that my arm is, in fact, cut. And then I, as I'm looking at it, right when I'm watching it, it's healing over. And then I, I look back to the, 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 the gray guy that um, was seemingly the doctor in this scenario. And, you know, kind of like a what the heck type. Uh, I was like upset, right? So I look at him and his eyes changed from black to this very bright cerulean blue. And it was tranquilizing, mesmerizing, hypnotizing, this gaze he had on me. He's right in my face with these giant eyes. And then I felt like I was swirling in this sort of blue cloud space, whatever. And then uh, I woke up the next day after that. And I looked right away. And sure enough, I had a scar. I still have the scar on my arm. And uh, a little postscript to the story is in the afternoon that day, I was playing in the backyard with the six-year-old boy from across the street. We were climbing trees in the backyard when this mist rolled into the backyard. I thought at first it was smoke, but it was kind of like smoke machine, fog, just very light and misty. And this was summer. And this thing comes, this cloud comes rolling into the backyard. And in the middle of this cloud was a little gray guy. 
and comes up to me and asks me telepathically, he says, are you all right? And I said, yes, I'm fine. And he, and he seemed really satisfied, like, oh, good. And then he walked into the neighbor's backyard and this mist followed around him. This, the mist pretty much took up most of the backyard. It was a very big cloud. And he walked in the backyard and this mist was right all around him. And then he walked off until I couldn't see him anymore. And the friend who uh, I was playing with, I'm still in touch with him. He completely remembers this mist because that was memorable enough. This weird cloud coming through the backyard. He never saw the little gray guy in it, but he did see the mist. And, and so then through my, you know, going on from that point, I had a lot of rougher experiences with the beings. And, and that's where I wrap up in that first book is that sort of first 20 years of getting um, to adulthood through having these type of encounters. And my second book, Two Worlds Collide, is Experiencer to Two Worlds Collide is about this weird experience I had the first five years of my 20s where all these strange things seem to sort of be this giant tapestry of them taking a very deep personal interest in my life. And that's one of the things that I felt when I am like, okay, I could just put out a second book, but a real strong point I wanted to make is a lot of people, when you're starting to talk about your life as an experiencer, you know, you don't talk about all the, the psychic stuff that happens, the little odd things that happen. Like just yesterday, for example, I'm in the bathroom and this bright flash of light went off in the towel cupboard for no reason. There's no light in the towel cupboard. But, you know, the little things like that, people just want the hardcore alien stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's it, it's tough to say these things happen to an experiencer. Sometimes these very dramatic things happen, but it's invasive in your life. It's your whole life. You live your life seemingly as a string. You could connect the dots from one unusual thing to another and have all these epiphanies like, this strange thing that just happened to me, you know, two weeks ago. Oh my gosh, that was connected to this other thing that happened a month ago and then a year ago. And then you suddenly are, are, are putting this giant jigsaw puzzle together. And I, I think that's a part that's often difficult to tell because it's, you, you know, you can't tell that in five minutes, those types of stories in five minutes. Those are right. big sprawling stories. But when you lay them out, that's a big part of this phenomena. It isn't just them jumping in your room or your car one night and yanking you out. They take a very deep personal interest in lives of, of people here for whatever reason. And so I, I wanted to sort of show an example of that when I put out the, the second book. And, you know, the, the books are where books are. You could get it from Amazon or Walmart, Barnes and Noble. Um, and yeah. I'm going to drop one of those links for Amazon in right now for uh, your first one there. Um, I have a quick question. Um, What's that? Thanks for letting me plug the books. Oh, oh no, of course. No, no, That's no, what, yeah. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> That's it. That's what we're I definitely, for. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we want to make sure, you know, we've got that out there because, you know, we, we got to the, the, the listen to your story and I'm going to let Christy ask your question there. And yeah. I mean, it's just, it is so fascinating and, you know, um, it's, it, it never, it, it has, it does not phase me or it, it I, I can't even find the words. Like I can relate to so much of what you're saying. And when you talk about these certain experiences, I just have different words to describe them or whatever the case is, not to minimize your experience, because mm -hmm. but, but how similar 
they are, you know what I mean? And it's just fascinating to me. Um, so I'm curious about the little gray beings that you talk about. Can you elaborate um, and tell us more about them? Do they seem more tangible, well, you know, living, breathing, or do they seem more like spiritual or, you know, can you tell us more about those? Okay. And, and I can explain them from my experience, but I can't explain why they're the way they are. So uh, there are three type of beings in my personal encounters that seem like they work together. Uh, three foot tall uh, gray variety, a five foot tall, and then a seven foot tall mantis being that seems to be in charge. It's almost like saying the, the, the three foot ones are the blue collar workers, the five foot one, the white collar workers, and the, um, the, the mantises are upper management to use that sort of analogy. But the little gray guys don't seem to have much uh, initiative uh, or thought or creative spark. They seem almost drone-like, almost puppet-like. They don't seem to have much going inside. Anytime that I've tried to engage them in conversation, they only express what they're doing at the moment to say, where are we going? Their response is, yes, we're going. You know, um, and, you know, who are you? Yes, we are. You know, they, it's just this very strange sort of way of speaking and responding that seems to be that they are focused in that very strict, tight moment. And they, they're they not thinking ahead. They know what to do, but they don't seem to be used to expressing the past or the future. Just very, very um, much in the now. The five foot tall ones seem to be more um, alive. Um, you can carry on a conversation with them. They're a bit coy and subversive and they either withhold information or they twist information or they're willing to let you make up your own story about what's going on and they'll just agree with it. Um, it really? So. So you can't get anything out of the little guys because there's really nothing going on, you know, upstairs. And you can't get much with the uh, the five foot tall because they, I don't think they think they use facts <laughs> the way we do. You know, they've right. got their agenda and it's like, well, whatever, you know, whatever we can tell you that you'll believe or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, um, you think is going on. We'll just go along with that so long as you do what we want you to. So I, I, I've pretty much given up on, on finding meaning from, from that particular group. And, uh, and I don't put any stock into it. You know, I don't, when I write and I talk about it, I don't say this is their mission. This is their purpose. This is right. what's going on. There are some things that are evident, you know, their actions speak louder than words. I'll say that. But when you want to actually get something from them, it's really tough. And then the mantis beings, are pretty menacing. Their energy is very tight and compressed and powerful. And to even be in their presence is, 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 is kind of terrifying. Mm -hmm. I don't know that the beings that I've been with intended to be as scary as they come across, but it's a seven foot praying mantis. That's, that's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. and, and they have a very strong <laughs> energy to them. And that's pretty scary. And it's daunting. So um, while the one time I saw a mantis was pretty much intentionally to scare me, I don't know that 
um, I think it's just a difference between our energy level and their energy level and, and just how strong energetically they are. The one time that I was brought before Mantis was in my teen years where the Greys um, were having difficulty getting me to do what they wanted. And, you know, you're a teenager already, you know, kind of a little rebel and right. the you know, they wouldn't tell me what's going on. They wouldn't tell me what's going. And I was just physically able enough to put up just the slightest bit of resistance. Right. And I was clever enough to, you know, to, to get a, around what they wanted to do. And so, yeah, they were, you know, they were pretty upset. And so they brought mm -hmm. me in front of this mantis being that said, you know, stop resisting, just do what we want you to. And you'll, reap the benefits of it at the end and you'll understand why we're doing what we're doing you know just just cut it out just go along with the program and while i was pretty scared i don't really think that slowed me down in my attitudes toward them um it wasn't until right about the time i was getting out of high school that i thought maybe there was an option of trying to find um, some sort of middle ground with them um, to, to form some sort of relationship with them where it wasn't as terrifying for me or they didn't have to be as aggressive. And I have to say it, it, it worked. Like one example that I have, and this is a very edited version of the story. Um, one time they were in my backyard and I said, I don't want you to come in the house. If you're here, um, can you just call me on the phone? And it's four in the morning and the phone rang. Um, nobody was there. Really? And and, and I stepped outside and there was this um, UFO above the house. Actually, it was like a cloud, a disc-shaped cloud, perfectly disc-shaped cloud, but it had that sort of wispiness of a cloud mm -hmm. and it was a bit self-luminescent. And then it flew up and shot away at a, you know, a really crazy speed. But the wow. experience that I knew up until that point was that if I sensed them around, that means at one point in, you know, within minutes, probably, I'm going to be uh, sedated. I'm going to be immobilized. Something's going to you know, take me and, you know, against my will. But, uh, you know, that one example of probably several I have is, is them listening to me. And I'm thinking, well, you know, where do we go from here? And right. Yeah, I, I still don't know what their their big picture is. Their long game. Wow. So, do you, with these ex experiences where you, you're seeing some sort of craft and and things like that, do you generally, you know, being a, an investigator now, um, do you look for any uh, police reports or uh, news articles? Um, or even talk to the neighbors, hey, did you see anything weird or strange, you know, at the time that you're experiencing? And I guess a follow-up is, has anybody gone looking for you at those times that you've had your experiences and not been able to locate you? Okay, so there's two questions in there. I'll answer the, the second one. Where Have I been gone for any length of time where anybody couldn't find me that might have been looking for me? No, I don't have any of those types of experiences. I've had missing time but I haven't had it in a way where um, I was missing from somebody else's uh, concern. The first part of it, um, when you talk about say like media reports, police reports, uh, stories from neighbors or friends and things like that, you know, certainly I do come across several of those and uh, they seem to be more and more prevalent these days. 
But as a MUFON investigator, really the way that we work is that people report their sightings directly to us. Like, for example, they will go to MUFON.com, fill out the report form, and then a MUFON investigator will get back with that individual. And the reason that I say that that's my focus is because in Michigan alone, we get about 200 sightings a year. And so that's enough to, to keep your hands full. You don't need to look uh, out for other material to, to look into and investigate, even though if there's a really good one, certainly you're going to pursue it. But the, the tremendous volume of, of what MUFON investigates is what comes into us. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and there's like there's so much of it that it keeps our hands full. And it's not to say that 200 uh, reports in a year means 200 unknown events in a year. We can identify probably about 90, good 95 percent of whatever comes into us. You know, there's all people still report Venus as a UFO. Uh, people see aircraft and report it as a UFO. Now you have the these added candidates of drones being more exotic than they've ever been. Uh, Chinese lanterns or sky lanterns, uh, people report as UFOs. And uh, now um, Elon Musk was, uh, I guess, uh, MUFON's man of the year for 2020 for his Starlink satellite. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually got a, a, a panicked phone call from a gentleman going, am I losing it? What's going on? And uh, he was a, a big, you know... Um, my buddy there uh he busted my chops about bigfoot quite a bit then he had a small paranormal experience then he's driving home and he happened it we had a perfect night in the area and you could see him he's like they're lined up what's going on you know and it was like okay didn't know anything about him got on the research and i'm like oh no i guess my question would you know like when you say you see the mist and stuff like that do you look to um you know, Noah or something like that and see if there's any, you know, atmospheric anomaly, um, you know, you know, just say, okay, on this night, on this day in this area, I mean, it's, it's a big thing I do with the, with the Bigfoot stuff and, um, you know, comparing those, uh, that, that data, that data set. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's tons of apps, like all the weather, besides the weather, the, also, uh, the, the star maps, uh, the uh, air traffic apps that are out there, there's all sorts of great little tools that you can use. And, you know, you know I'm, I'm, 
you know, it seems unusual that I shift gears there from saying, here's all this crazy stuff that happened to me. And then when let's talk about other people, they see things and they don't know what they're talking about. No, I mean, certainly a percentage of really quality reporting, you know, comes into us from credible people of things that we can't explain. And of course, that's the exciting stuff that that we latch onto. But, you know, as you know, we're the last people that want to be duped by somebody's uh, poor identification or even a hoax or anything like that. So sure, we provide a, a, a charitable service by helping people identify things um, that they see and they don't understand. Um, so that happens. And what also happens is people see and encounter really strange things as well. And, you know, we, we look into those also. No, no, I, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's, that's what really... I, I think helps validate folks sometimes is that when folks are, you know, like yourself are, are, are looking for that, that, that extra data, that, that confirmation, you know, I saw something and I can't explain what I saw. Can you help me identify that? And then when you can't, you know, and, you know, it gives you somebody in, did you seem to find, you know, somebody to help you when you were going through these things uh, to do that kind of, uh, uh, validation or uh, what am I looking for here? Just just an ear, you know, somebody to, you know, bounce ideas off of and, and really get that flow through to help you look at the big picture. So, yeah, there's been several people I look to as mentors in my life. Um, you know, I, I can interpret your question one of two ways. Um, people that are in the community that help me with the experiencer part of the phenomena or people that are in the community that help me um, look at the the UFO phenomena as an investigator with uh, the proper set of tools and the right perspectives. Because um, there have been mentors, certainly, in my life for both. Um, uh, I, I always uh, looked at you, the first name that always pops in my head is a gentleman by the um, name of Dan Wright, who was uh, big and move on for many years. Um, he recently released a book called the CIA UFO Papers. And um, he was a phenomenal investigator for MUFON. And uh, he was very compassionate with the experiencer community. And uh, his, his passion for the subject and the ability to be himself was one of the things that impressed me because when I was coming in in 93 in my twenties, I'm like, how should I act within this community? You know, who should I be? And Dan was like just fantastic at what he did. And his, his message was really always just as he was evidence, you know, to be yourself. Yeah. And so I really took a lot from that. And I, you know, the line of state directors before me in Michigan, Dan actually being one of them, but other people, um, you know, that I could name drop Harry Wilness, the coins, George and Shirley, Bill Murphy, fantastic, Rich McVannell, just, you know, um, I've been very blessed to have great mentors around me, no lack of mentors. And so um, I, I've always felt uh, comfortable asking them questions and they always gave great answers. And so, you know, that the whole thing is I'm, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants, if you will. Aww. That's, that's cool. Um, why Michigan? Why is Michigan such, you know, the folks we talked to, we heard you speak and, and a couple other folks, 
why does Michigan mm-hmm. seem like it's uh, it's it's kind of there? Spot. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, there's there's yeah. so much so much strange. I mean, to the point of you know the the early cultures and all the copper mining and stuff like that. Do you mm-hmm. do you see any crazy connection there? Or, and I don't mean crazy in the sense crazy, but just why unexplained. The, yeah. Yeah. So my uh, my brain's not functioning so great tonight. So <laughs> well, um, there you know there are definitely some other states that get uh, a lot of high activity. Um, you know, Texas, Pennsylvania, California, Florida. You know, all a lot of states you could point to that that have high activity within the U.S. Um, I don't know quite what to say about Michigan that makes it the the state it is, but. You know, um, the 1966 sighting wave here, you know, is uh, is historic, not just saying that it's historic in the sense of a UFO phenomena. It's it's just pretty much straight up historic. There were tons of people that had sightings um, primarily in March of 66. And the the government uh, and military took interest in it. The Air Force sent out J. Allen Hynek um, on behalf of uh, Project Blue Book to look into the phenomena. And uh, he declared that maybe what people were seeing was swamp gas. So that's where the term comes from, swamp gas. If you ever heard, oh, UFOs, nothing but swamp gas. It's from that event. Uh, the way that the police handled it, very open, the way that the media handled it, very supportive in many cases. Uh, you know, they were feeding the fire, not, not, not putting water on it, which you would tend to see in the ensuing decades. And... Uh, Gerald Ford was a congressman at the time of that uh, big sighting wave in 66. And when Jalen um, Heineck, right, when he said that it was possibly swamp gas, something that he regretted instantly and um, tried to walk back during his, especially in the later career when he formed the Center for UFO Studies, you know, at that time, it was problematic that he said it. And all of these people, um, started writing to um, their congressman at that time, which in many cases for wherever you lived in the state was Gerald Ford. And Gerald Ford was saying, you know, uh, okay, okay, okay. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And um, he put forth uh, this letter to the armed services committee and said, yeah, you guys should look into this UFO phenomena. And they did. They actually had a hearing on it. I mean, I could really go on and on about that 66 way, but in 94, there was a big event, March 8th, 1994, hundreds of witnesses. Uh, Wordsmith Air Force Base in 1975 had a UFO descend over the base. Um, they had nuclear weapons on the base, and it was part of actually a series of incursions over nuclear bases by UFOs in a two-week period. There were four different bases in the U.S. that had nuclear weapons that had a UFO appear um, at close range in a two-week period. And, of course, the big Kinross event in 1953 where a jet fighter collided with a UFO over Lake Superior and the plane and the UFO disappeared forever at that at that moment. So, those are, yeah, those are some of the big points. So, yeah, uh, Michigan does have a lot of high-profile things uh, happen. And, um, yeah, for whatever reason, um, we get more reports than a lot of our neighboring Midwest states uh, that also have activity as well, for whatever reason. Uh, quick, 
question another question there for follow-up uh on the on the grays there from earlier uh have they ever told you where they're from <clears throat> no <laughs> i i mean <laughs> i you know, you know there's this, there's this uh saying from um paulo harris you know I, i've said it too but she's really known for saying it uh and the term is all of the above do i think they're from another planet do i think they're from another dimension do I think that they're time travelers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and when she's asked that, you know, she says all of, all of the above. Like there, there is, you know, you could do a lot of research in this field and try to make a specific case, really get into very, you know, double down with confirmation bias and say, they're time travelers, you know, I'm not saying time travelers, but time travelers, you know, and, but, and, and you can make a great case for it. And, and you can't really knock down some of these arguments that are really exotic about their origin. The beings I've come into contact with personally, I really don't know where they're from. I have, I have absolutely no idea. And it may not even be important to them themselves, you know, because people have a complicated view of where they're from here in the United States. You know, I could tell you that I'm, you know, German and Polish and Lithuanian and Belgian, all true. Or I could say I'm American or... It, it, you know, what have you. And so I think that they've probably been spacefaring for so long or dimension tripping or whatever they're doing um, to, to an extent where they probably don't have a real localized sense of identity and their point of origin is, is unknown to me. And I don't even know if maybe they know where they're ultimately from. I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay. I have a question before we take a quick break. Um, when you say, going back to what you were talking about a little while ago, when you say you can feel or sense when they're around, can you elaborate on that? Sure. Um, I would say the steps that it goes through is sort of this uneasy, uneasiness, this sort of anxiousness, um, this sort of tension that really doesn't have a specific source to it. And then the air feels different. Um, more uh, tingly, electrified. It's more like a even in a, a warmer month, um, it, it feels like almost like you're in a, a winter room where you could touch something and get an electric shock from it. That mm -hmm. sort of staticky charge yeah. to the air. And sure. then sometimes either like a pressure, like you feel like things are compressing or you feel a little swimmy, a little disoriented. And with a feeling of presence. Like not only are things weird and my and I'm feeling a little bit off, but it feels like I'm not alone. You could sort of sense um, their their presence around you. That's wow. But and just I, I just can't get over how much I can relate to all of what you're saying. It just makes me even more curious to learn this more about this aspect of things. And this part of things, because to me, all of these different experiences, Bigfoot, spirits, you know, UFOs, um, you know, all of it, we just, I feel like they're all intertwined in some way mm -hmm. and they just all overlap. And so it just, the fact that I can relate so much to that, actually probably more so than any other, anything else that I am aware of or educated on to this, to this day. So it's really very interesting that, because it's just everything you're saying I can relate to all the different experiences that I have and the way that I work and do, do what I do. So it's really amazing. That's great. 
Thank okay. you. Yes. All right, Michael. Well, it's it, you know it's a it's a perfect quick break. Uh, it's it's the nine o'clock hour, so we're gonna take our quick break. Uh, yes. So grab your something, self to drink and whatever. I'm gonna roll a little quick commercial there. Um, but uh, our friend Chris, uh, former guest mm-hmm. there from Squat Struggle Gear, is actually doing a quick giveaway right now over on his Instagram. Uh, if you guys want to go over there, he's got this Mothman backpack that's sweet. It's like top on my list for. That mic is like fangirling over to. (laughs) So (laughs) it's perfect size for gear. So go over, check out Chris's thing. He's going to be on for about 30 seconds. He's giving away. Uh, And then come right back and join us. Uh, So we're going to take a quick break. So run to the bathroom, grab something. And then we'll take those questions that are in the chat too. Yes. So uh, be right back. So where's my commercial there? There we go. Yeah, my fingers aren't working. WLFE-DB.com, where you can find podcast shows, podcasts, and more like Where's My Sage, Inside the Drag Closet, Across the Pond, Paratalk Radio, Just Cindy, and more. So go check out WLFE-DB.com, where talk radio is a whole lot better. Our shows are your shows, and that there makes for a great talk radio. Hey guys and dolls, this is Casey DeVille, the better half of DeVille, Inc., Baltimore, Maryland. If you're ever in Baltimore, stop in and see me and Tony. Invisible Brie, 5920 Eastern Avenue, Baltimore, Maryland, 21224. Give us a call if you're in the area, 410-400-9641. Or look us up on the web at DeVilleInc.com. DeVille, Inc., where we specialize in you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ted Van Son Jr. is a seasoned investigator and well-versed in the ways of paranormal investigation. He is now ready to share his ideas and unique approach with all of you. Flashlight, recorder, and comfortable shoes. Hit the ground running as you follow this easy step-by-step guide to a fun and thorough paranormal investigation, perfect for first-time and lightly seasoned investigators. Think outside the paranormal box. Learn all about the technology and techniques used back in the early days of paranormal investigation. You can find these valuable resources online at Goodreads, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and Amazon. Get yours today. Hi, I'm Jenna Grover. In a world of fashion, we get lost in the cost. Everyone wants that special piece of quality jewelry, but they can't afford it. Not on my watch. I sell handmade quality jewelry for a fraction of the price, and that includes jewelry made of sea glass, 
natural stone, crystal beads, glass beads, Bigfoot jewelry, and more. If you don't see what you want, email me because I make custom jewelry too. Check out my website at gbythesea.com. Also, you can email me at jewelry at gbythesea.com. You're listening to WLFE-DB Radio. Now, back to our program. Chris just made my day. He's coming out with a sling bag after the new year. I'm a, I'm a big, Bill, I'm a big uh, gear guy. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we usually do a tactical Tuesday. And uh, Chris is uh, he's a veteran, so we're trying to support him. And for some reason, Instagram kind of popped out. So... Uh, but uh, he's got some awesome packs. So uh, now uh, talking to some folks that I know have had experiences, they say they always come up with or, or, or find little pieces of something, um, metals, fragments. Have you ever noticed anything like that? Or when you're interviewing folks, um, you know, unexplained, you know, medical particles or something like that after their experience? Yeah, I, I know many people with uh, um, what they believe to be implants, and um, I've had the uh, ability to actually feel implants uh, on people, and um, that's always a, a trip. Um, the The thing about removing them, um, I guess, is a few different directions to go in. One is what what are they, and uh, Dr. Roger Lear, who had worked on these uh, for for a long time, he would go to to try to remove these things from people and investigate them. And one of the challenges um, was that these things would try to elude the surgeon when they tried to be removed. Or sometimes if somebody was going to have surgery to remove it, it would disappear the day before the surgery. And in those cases of a successful removal, the, the strange thing seemed to be that it wasn't the actual piece of metal that was in the person that was significant. It was the biological material that around it that was clinging to it. And it was just using that um, as an anchor inside the person's body. Really? Um, what the, the purpose of these were, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, tracking device, possibly, but... I, I don't know. I, I think that we as humans are more effective uh, at tracking other people than this sort of clumsy lump of something that they would stick into people. It just seems like it probably must have some other purpose than just simply tracking because, you know, they, it's kind of ham-handed in some ways. When you could go and, like, pinch somebody and you actually feel it under their skin, you're like, you know, they didn't get to do a very good job of hiding of hiding this and it's expensive to look into these things. You know, uh, if, if you're going to go to a doctor and say, you know, I've got this thing, that's a medical expense, you know, and if it's there under the skin, it's probably not an emergency and insurance could be problematic. I had a, a friend who had one in the back of his skull and um, it, and it showed up on an X-ray and he'd always said, Oh, you know, when I die, you know, I want this removed. Um, because I have no, you know, it's in a dangerous place, so they can't take it out. And um, he died, and besides the fact it would have been expensive to take out, and he uh, passed, unfortunately, and it was never removed. 
Hmm. So yeah, these are elusive little things that, that happen with people. I've not had one to my knowledge. Um, some of the things that go along with experiencers that are sort of in the same lane I've experienced, like um, strange bloody noses. Um, and it, it's strange when you and several other people, you know, um, all have a bloody nose strangely at the same time. Um, you know, weird, weird things like that. But in, in respect to an actual uh, implant, I don't think I've ever had one. Though I, like I said, I've been able to actually feel other people's on them. You know, you would think if they were going to use it for a tracking device, mm -hmm. they would pretty much be in the same spot. It almost makes me wonder if they're tracking people in different ways for different reasons. And that's why they're putting them in different places. So they can't be removed, mm -hmm. you know, so they want to track certain something specific for data, you know, specific to that person versus another person. And it's interesting. Yeah, an implant up the nose is is probably the most commonly reported. Um, really? And pretty um, gross, but um, implants behind people's eyes are a thing. Like they actually pop out the eye and stick it in and pop the eye back in. Ooh. I know somebody that had that happen to them. And um, yeah, I mean, putting it in random places could be to measure specific things in specific parts of the body or maybe they're just like well you know if we always put it in the same place they always know to look for it so let's put this one in this guy's armpit you know very simple it could yeah. be very true right <laughs> you, you know I, I i've talked to, to two folks that that i that i know pretty decent one says he got something in his ankle and the other one was like an an upper arm or something like that that was and again one was removed it was like a thin piece of wire or something like that hmm. but mm -hmm. uh and the other kid, I just found out about, you know, seven o'clock this morning. So, um, mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Um, the, uh, the interactions that you folks have, um, the, oh boy, it's like, I'm shot. I've been shot all day. So I apologize folks. Uh, <laughs> migraine did it. <laughs> so <laughs> let me, let me re retrace back. So do you keep a journal? You know, I, your books are what's catching me here. So, you know, I see, you know, you've got the Weird Michigan, you've got your two published books. Um, do you keep a journal, like a daily journal of, hey, this happened today, so you can go back like a week or a month or six months later and say, hey, we can connect the dots to kind of go back to those uh, areas? And I just had another great thought. So the other follow-up would be, are you drawn to looking at certain parts of the uh, the sky? before I completely forget that one. Hmm. Now, are you talking about, um, for the first part of the question at least, are you talking about uh, events that happened to others or myself? Your, your, pers your personal stuff, like your own personal timeline mm -hmm. of what you, you know, um, you know, Christy talks about when she does her work with her, her students and stuff like that to keep a journal of what you you see your experiences your dreams that kind of thing but do you say man that was kind of a strange thing we're going to put that you know in the logbook um and see if something comes up like that again somewhere um yeah to to some extent uh certainly and um you find like if you have a, a running conversation with another experiencer where you share what happens to you um then you just go back to that communication, you know, say, when did that happen? Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a great way because you get the feedback, 
and then you also have it recorded at you know at that specific moment but uh, otherwise yeah you know i do you know keep track of, of these these things that that happen big and small um as to a part of the sky in particular i don't know probably probably not uh, but i will say that the strange things that I've seen out my window have been um, directly west of me. Um, a couple of the things I've seen over the past year or so is uh, recently I saw um, a gold sphere of light do this sort of perfect, almost like horseshoe shape in the sky and then vanish. Um, and that was it was really beautiful. The, the glow on it was so even and the motion was so perfect it was it was really um a, a treat to watch this weird light in the sky and then um last year i saw this strange also glowing sort of t-shaped thing in the sky and um, out pretty much in the same exact part of the sky in both cases saw those for less than five seconds and and those are the the types of things you know you just see on a regular basis and you're like oh there's another weird thing you know and one that happened i can't remember if it was a year ago or two years ago now actually this one um there was this bright white flash that erupted out of my backyard almost like my entire backyard was a spotlight and shot straight up in the sky for a moment and then shut off nothing was back there have no idea what caused it but yeah, a lot of a lot of unusual light phenomena, for sure. And and I do I I can go back to when that was. I just don't remember when it was offhand, but I could look it up. Two follow-ups on that. Um, we had Doug Hijack on uh, the Monster Quest guy. Uh, we're doing some stuff with him, yeah. but talking with him, he said he had an experience similar. He kind of had some weird lights and stuff like that, and then had yeah. like all the low voltage stuff. Mm -hmm. uh in his house and around his house go down yep. have you noticed when you've had your experiences uh you know any electrical or you know equipment kind of fizzle out fry out kind of thing you know i have this i have this weird sort of inverse of the effect you know i i, I certainly uh know individuals that really mess up um, electricity, um, in some cases, uh, during an emotional peak, um, that can trigger it, uh, for myself, the, the unusual thing that I have, uh, which is sort of the inverse is, um, I, I tend to bond with electronic equipment so that when somebody, uh, um, so that when somebody else uses my electronic equipment, they in fact break it. <laughs> So I, I, I'm very greedy with my electronic stuff because for some reason, the energy I have with whatever gadgets I have uh, tends, doesn't tend to work well with other people trying to, to hop on a laptop or um, my phone or anything like that. And so and I can always tell um, because my brother was coming over occasionally to use my home computer for a while. And I could always tell when he came in, he wouldn't always announce that he was over, but, you know, and, I, and you'd look at the computer and it looks normal, but something isn't working. And I'm like, you know, it's Steve, did you use my computer? And I'm like, and he'd admit it. So that's but, funny because yeah. I can relate to that too with electronics and technology and a lot of um, intuitives and a lot of mediums can, it's almost like we burn them out. I swear I have two laptops in my closet that I got 
years ago that I can't get rid of because they're almost brand new. One was only six months old when it was just like, sorry, we're done. You know, it was, it's awful. All, you know, just cell phones and, you know, just anything. Even sensors for things don't always work, you know, and, and it's just, it's a hat, it's a pain. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Actually, a, a couple stories real quick before we get back uh, to other stuff. Um, one is uh, my brother, uh, my oldest brother. Uh, he was working as a, um, it, for the city of Warren and he had this one job. Um, where he had to drive around and see if traffic lights, uh, not traffic lights, but like street lights were working. And this one particular supercharged night, he was driving around and all the lights he would drive under would shut off mm -hmm. and he'd drive a little bit and they'd come back on. And <laughs> so it was funny. He said yeah. they, that they picked him to go out for this job. Whenever he yeah. would go near a light, he would shut it off. But an unfortunate one I had when I was doing a talk at a library once, this woman came up at the end of the talk and said that she was in a rad tech program, but uh, in college, but when it, she kept shorting out the machines and she said she didn't, she, she knew it was her herself doing this, but her classmates hadn't caught on yet. But she was like, you know, what am I supposed to do? This is my profession. I'm shorting out this equipment that I'm supposed right. to use. And luckily they haven't found out it's me yet, but she said she knew it was her. And yeah, I, I believe her. <laughs> But, so. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> I lived, uh, I grew up on, um, it's called Grand Island. It's a suburb between Buffalo and in Niagara Falls, New York. Mm -hmm. And you can only get on and off by going on bridges. And as a kid, I remember every time we would pass, not every single one, but every time at night we would go over the bridge, probably from especially the age between, I'm going to say five and eight at least two or three would go off as we passed through them or passed by them going over these bridges. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So I think we have a couple of questions, right? Before we, we move forward. I don't want to forget anybody. Yeah. Uh, Brian uh, from is got a question. Any thoughts on time slips? Hmm. hmm. Now I I've heard that term used in different ways. Um, and does that mean sort of um, time becoming imbalanced? I'm guessing it doesn't mean t uh, missing time unless it does. Because I've experienced all sorts of different time anomalies of one form or another. Um, I would almost, Brian, if you're out there, can you clarify exactly what you're looking for? But I would have thought the same thing, Bill, that he was talking about losing time. Um, but what else have you experienced? Maybe, maybe you'll actually talk about what he's, what he's looking for. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll explain this story and, um, uh, it, it's a weird one in so many ways. And I think it's indicative of if you are actually going to come forward and tell these type of accounts, how they happen, then this is this type of stuff that you actually get. Um, not the watered down edited versions that people like to, to explain and have it be easy and sensible. I'll just come out and say it as it is. Back in 95, I had started to, to date this woman. And uh, when you are an experiencer, you know, you have to tell this person that you're wanting to form a relationship at some point that this is part of your life. For one thing, uh, they might think you're crazy. They might not like, they might be uncomfortable with the phenomena. They also might um, at one point and very likely be with you when something happens to you. And um, so 
in this particular case, we'd only been dating about two months. I hadn't told her yet, uh, this girl that I was dating. And we went out on a sort of a nature hike trail thing. And uh, we were there and we're like for most of the day. And um, the sun started to go down. We're like, oh, let's watch the sunset. And so we uh, did. And then it's like, oh, let's stargaze, which we did. And we were up on this hill. So we had slightly better visibility. And while we were up there, um, it was spring. It was uh, the frogs were doing their noises out around us and the different little sort of sounds you get out in the woods. And suddenly sure. it was completely quiet, absolutely silent. And I'm like, well, that's strange. And then we heard these, well, I heard these footsteps coming up the hill. Um, it, it, it's, it, uh, it'll all make sense when I'm done, I guess. So anyway, or no, it won't make any sense, but you'll at least <laughs> understand what I'm trying to say. I think. So, so we, I heard these footsteps coming up the hill. Oh yeah. Clearly she heard them too. She had the same reaction. And so then we moved to the center of the hill because we were spooked by that. Like what's going on? It, Cause it sounded like a, a human set of footsteps coming up the hill so we're up in the middle of the hill and trying to make ourselves less nervous. And she says, you know, oh, look, it's a big dipper up in the sky. And I said, well, actually, it's a little dipper because I'm taking an astronomy class this semester. And then we started talking about the price of textbooks. And then pretty soon we felt comfortable. We moved back to that other part of the hill and the noises were doing their thing. And then everything got silent. And then you could hear these sounds of footprints coming up, the footsteps burning, coming up the hill. And at that point, I didn't remember that that had just happened. That didn't occur to me. This was new, but felt weird. So we went to the center of the hill and she says, oh, look, it's the Big Dipper. I say Little Dipper, talking about textbooks. We felt better. Then went over to the other side of the hill. Um, the frogs and the other wood noises stopped sound of footsteps coming up the hill. We moved to the center of the hill. And so in that case, uh, it's a time loop, essentially, what we were going hmm. through. Or otherwise, we were being put in this sort of cycle of repeated activity and time was flowing normally. I don't know. So we're, we're back at the center of the hill. Uh, Big Dipper, Little Dipper. And, and, and I'm like, wait a second here. Because that second time it happened, and I don't know, it might have happened more times, and I don't even remember, mm -hmm. but at least I'm like, we've not only just had this conversation, we've had this conversation at least twice, and and now I'm really freaking out. And then suddenly we're facing each other, she and I, and we're both paralyzed. And then three little guys come up um, and approach, not me, but they approach her. And they're looking her up and down and they're like, no, not her. Mm -mm, no, she's no good. She's not for him. Mm -mm. Yeah, I could hear their telepathic banter. And then and we're she and I, the my date and I were both frozen except for our eyes. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And then um, they walk away after a moment and then we can move again. We grab our stuff and run back to the car and uh, we drive off. And I'll tell the, the whole story because when it, um, she said, you know, we didn't talk about it on the card ride home. We were absolutely silent, just completely quiet. And it was about a, at least a half an hour drive back to where we were from. And she says, um, and it's dark at this point. It's it's getting on late. And she says, I don't want to go home yet. Can we go somewhere else, do something else? 
So we went to um, a, a big box department store. We went to Meyer um, and walked around up and down the aisles, just looking at random things like sponges and brooms and, you know, bicycles, all, sort of all this stuff that was very grounding um, in a, in a weird sort of way. Yeah. And then um, uh, we sat, they had a pet department at the time and the hamsters, you know, they're up at late. And so we watched the hamsters for a little bit. And then she said, okay, I think I can go home now. So I drove her home and then um, didn't talk at all the next day, um, neither of us. And then the day after that, she broke up with me. Um, didn't really go into any detail, but it was pretty clear. Um, there he is. <laughs> I knew he'd sneak in there. Yep. <laughs> So, oh, Tim Shaw, <laughs> the legend himself. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so yeah, so she broke up with me at the time just to finish the story. And I did, while I didn't tell her that what had happened to us had anything to do with me, I'm sure she knew it had everything to do with me. So that was why do you think that? Normally, why, why do you I think, think that? that? Yeah, why? If I was on a date like that, I wouldn't necessarily think that it had to do with the person I was with, unless there was a reason before that. Why do you think well, that she would have thought that? Well, I think, okay, for, for a couple reasons. One is that if I could hear the beings telepathic banter, then I, I have no reason to think that she couldn't either. And they were just making disparaging remarks about her. Oh. Like, like I said, they were saying, no, not right. her. She's no good. <laughs> She's not the one. And if you aren't embedded into this phenomena, like somebody who's grown up with it, how menacing must that be to be frozen out in an isolated place and these yeah. little gray things come out and say, you're no good. You're no good. You're no good. That's got to be terrifying. Like, you know, what's, yeah. what's the end of that story? Do, do they let us go or do they chop her up? You know, I mean, in her mind, you know, that's right, got to right. be. Oh, absolutely. And so when, you know, when we got back and I think the way my the way that I handled the fear and the way that she handled it was different. So I think I may have given some tells, even though I didn't say anything because we didn't say anything. And then, you know, two days after a traumatic experience like that with someone else, one possible response could have been that we bonded over this traumatic thing. But instead, she's like, nope. And so, right. I mean, those were a few of the bigger tells that, um, you know, she had to score. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a pretty crazy experience. <laughs> Formulating the question. So go ahead and <laughs> ask yours. Um, do, you, do, you, do you have any idea why you think you're, you've been picked? No, no, not really. Um, here here here's one thought okay so one is that um it's in my dna they they are they're into my family for whatever reason and so i fit whatever their criteria are to continue their grand experiment with me and the other is i really think that the beings handpick a small population of experiencers and they want to be in conversation. They want to be talked about the beings. They don't want full disclosure. Um, they want some sort of um, 
drip feed dissemination. And I think those ex, uh, certain experiencers um, feel the call, like I have felt the call to talk about what I'm talking about. And so I don't know that I can say that that's a reason that they picked me, but I think that those in my space who talk about this sort of thing, um, that that's that that's something that they 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 appreciate. I don't think they want to be completely out of people's focus, um, and there are certainly a lot of media outlets that really garble the message and um, and mess up um, actual events that happen. But you know, I'm able to I I'm able to talk about what's happened to me as many other people um, in this community, and so to me that's. That, that's a blessing when I hear somebody else talk about and they're sharing their experience and I know that it's from the heart and I know that I can, you know, trust them. And, and I, I think there's value in that. And I think there's value in it uh, for them in that. I am not saying that I present the message. Well, I'm not saying I that, that I'm fancy pants or anything like that. I absolutely I think, think you do. But, but I, but I'm just thinking that since I can talk about it and I do, they appreciate those that do it. So, Bill, when you say it's in your DNA, and mm-hmm. have you, like, I guess it'd be if you chase chase the uh, the angle, the 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 familiar angle on where you know when you say you you know you're you're from here, you're here, you're here. Mm-hmm. Is it look like? Okay, this particular part of my bloodline, this great grandparent on this side, or this parent, or this uncle, or whatever, but on this particular part of my family tree, that's where things look like they're coming from. Can you track, maybe trace those roots back? Maybe see where there's a connection there. I've never done one of those in depth uh, DNA um, ancestry dives. Maybe we'll okay. probably come back with a star chart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but um, but but yeah, th- there's there's possibly something that could be said about that, um, though I I don't know what it is. I I haven't heard, for example, um, like a particular you know like ethnic population being you know like oh my gosh, those Irish people, the you know they're you know they're they're the you know obviously the link to to what's happening out in space or whatever. I, I haven't heard anything necessarily specifically that, I mean, you could do a great uh, genealogy chart on someone, though I, I don't know what would be a tell within a study like that. Okay. Just, I, I'm just, I, yeah. I've been driving around lately and throwing other friends' podcasts and stuff like that. And, you know, they, mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, hey, did somebody come down and alter our DNA, DNA code? And I'm like, now, just listening to you say you're having family experiences, I'm like, okay, are you, like you said, are you a long-term study? You know, mm-hmm. is your family a long-term study or something like that? And have you, have you looked at that thing? Boy, I really am off the uh, the general things where I'm I'm usually the, the debunker on things. And now I'm kind of like, and I'm not a conspiracy guy, but <laughs> it's like, hmm, you've you got family thinking. tree, G- yeah. DNA. And, and I'm like, boy, is that kind of, you know... Um, yeah. You know, yeah. a, a, an interesting spin going that way. Um, can I can I ask you a question, Mike? Shoot. Uh, are you familiar with any Bigfoot UFO stories? Uh, you know, I, I know there's quite a few like Chestnut Ridge and those kind of things, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I, I'm on the, on the Culls thing that, you know, how many, uh, you know, Bigfoot UFO things, but how many cows and UFOs do you see? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, okay, well, there's, you know, how many mutilations and we can take those, those animal mutilations at the same time, you know, with the sightings, but uh, I don't know. You know, it, it, yeah, I've heard, I've, I've heard some, but again, an I love actual. It. You got uh, to him, Bill. Good job. No, no, I no, love no, it. no, no. <laughs> you know what I think I'm this hearing. This is great. No, this, th- no, this is, this is something I, I had a talk with somebody this mm-hmm. week. You know, we hear stories, we hear stories, we hear stories. Mm-hmm. I can't reach in and pull my, my folder out and say, I talked to. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Somebody that had an experience. This is where it's at. This is the date. This is the time. This is the location. I can say, yep, we were at a conference. I heard it's third person. To me, I don't caught, I don't put that as a, a documented sighting in my book uh, mm-hmm. because I don't have that data point. To me, that's like one of those urban legends that kind of gets popped around where you're going out, you're interviewing your witness, your experiencer, and they're saying, this happened, this date, this time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if I, it, it, you know, there's, you talk to, to Stan Gordon or you, you mm-hmm. talk to those yeah, guys that are down. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, you talk to your friends that are down in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I interviewed this witness. But again, that's coming third and fourth hand coming to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, have I heard the stories? Yeah, but I've also heard, you know, you, you look at like Skinwalker Ranch or some of these other places mm-hmm. where you had those those rash of cattle mutilations. You know, mm-hmm. or even if you take the 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 Hudson Valley in '76, at the same time you've got the Whitehall experience with with those guys up there, and you talk to, to Paul and how many documented cases that he's got with. Well, there's a rash of UFO sightings in that same valley from New York City right up to the the Canadian border. At the same time, you've got a rash of Bigfoot sightings. So yeah, are those correlations? And yeah, I, I've reached out to. Uh, my neighbor down the street, who's kind of on both sides and been doing this a lot longer than I have when it comes to, the, you know, looking at the, I never thought about getting the UFO thing until I started seeing all the, uh, you know, the change of the military stuff. The same thing with the Bigfoot stuff kind of came out of interviewing military and law enforcement guys and saying, hey, yeah, we were here and that's when we had our experience. So I guess, did I answer your question or did I spin it around in 30 different? I think, I, I think, uh, and, and I, I I, I don't want to put you in the spotlight on this. Oh, it's fine. Because, because I, I, you know, I have friends that are, are, are big squatchers and they, there are like 
folks within the community, I'm an outsider to the community, but I witnessed right. them debate whether um, Bigfoot is an animal or some sort of paranormal creature. And, 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 I, and I hear your very measured answer in that uh, you don't want to uh, poke anybody's, uh, I guess, sentiments about whether Bigfoot may or may not be a, a paranormal creature or an animal. So here's, here's my, my, my thoughts on the whole subject. Um, and right now I, I actually, we're working a, a, a scientific study with hair and stuff like that's our view, our pink Sasquatch hair experiment that we're working with Doug and a couple of, I've got a couple of university folks working where we're actually taking UV light and cell phone cameras and comparing hair samples so they can use them for DNA. Um, we don't have a body. We can't tell where it's at. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been in the chestnut Ridge and I've seen light anomalies through the woods and was standing there with, with, with Altman and, and calls and, mm-hmm. you know, got video, but it was a cheap video camera. So I, it's the worst documented evidence that I could possibly share with anybody except listening to my voice go, what in a hockey sticks was that? And I, I'm trying to keep things PG tonight. Um, I guess I know I've got trash mob today. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I do have my little, you know, occasional, you know, explicit language ticker here, but I uh, don't plan on using that if I don't have to tonight. <laughs> um, that's for Christy. Try not to Christy's use Christy's behaved herself tonight. <laughs> you know, I've spent the last couple of months looking at uh, more historical accounts. My background is law enforcement and archaeology. So looking at some of those cultural stories, um, you know, in, in how this, you know, and there's a lot of things with the start people showing up at the same places, you know, with the Bigfoot stories and, you know, or, you know, my particular area. Um, thanks, Christy, for putting in there for, for dead there. I'm uh, on it. Keep talking. So, so, you know, when we look at the cryptids in the area, like where I'm at here, there's in the history of the area. We've, we've got a tall, hairy creature. We've got a flying head like creature. We've got a big snake. But what <laughs> do we have? You know, until we have a, you know, an actual body on hand or you know you know you take prints as much as you want you know that's 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 the thing you know and and i'm going to take everybody's views till till like i said till we yeah. have a documented piece of full evidence yeah we've got audio we've got footprints we've got and then like i said we're working on a hair project right now uh that mm-hmm. was tim t you know reached out and i for those guys that have emailed me come to find out when i upgraded my phone uh, I'm not getting my Google notification. So I have a couple of emails I've got to follow up on this week. So, but yeah, we're doing, we're doing a whole, we're doing a whole hair thing and working with some folks on a, on a DNA study and, and looking at that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, what we're going on, I'm out to prove one way or another, if it is or isn't, but we've got some really good friends doing some really good scientific, uh, technology stuff, you know, break it down. That's where we're at. So, but you know, I, I have a pretty good friend that's a that's a pretty good scientist, and uh, he, he sometimes looks at the portal end of things, you know, and it's like, okay, he's, you know, he's, he's absolutely amazing, and sometimes he goes down that path more than I go down, you know, it's it's here, because I'm still kind of like, hey, is it the original, is it an original um, uh, species, you know, is it, is it a predecessor to us, is it somebody that 
you know, you hear it's a, it's a tribe that was here before us. So uh, I'm kind of looking at, at that, you know, there's the whole pre-Indian culture, the whole, the Mayan culture, you know, that what was there behind them. Uh, so who knows, are we tied? And it just happens to be, that's a gene that's still out there. It gets a little hairier than others, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't Chris- have a whole lot of time left. So I was curious. <laughs> Christine's got a, a question in there too. in chat, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, and we can do a quick recap cause we did already kind of touch on that, but I was curious yeah. just to know a little bit more about your later years. Um, mm-hmm. We only have about 10 minutes left or so. So I want to make sure we at least get to touch on that a little bit. So, you know, your teen years, your young adult years, your adult years, you know, what's been going on with that? Okay. So at about age 30, um, the phenomena led up for me um, in a big way. Now, at that time, I was well embedded within MUFON and there are experiencer groups all over the place. And Back in the day, I mean, it was really just, you know, hey, you know, this Sunday we're meeting over this person's house and we're doing a potluck, that sort of thing. And it was a close knit type of a group experience. So I have this, Michigan has had this one particular experience or group that from, to my knowledge, has been going on probably right around since about 1990. And so um, with members coming in and out and we all had a, a, a similar spike in activity at a particular time. Mm-hmm. And all of us, our, our activity dropped at the same amount of time. Now, coming into 2020, 2021, all of a sudden elevated activity again for all of us. Um, I, I've been seeing a lot more unusual lights, um, some of the the things um, that have happened to me, I wish I could tell you some recent stuff, but um, it involves folks that I might not want to include. It's an easy sure. thing to talk about. Oh yeah, this happened 20 years ago. You know, I, I'm not in touch with those people. Sure. It was a long time ago. It doesn't affect current situations, but some things have. But um, mm-hmm. I did have an encounter earlier this year, and um, so they are, are definitely still around, and um, um, I, I don't think that they're leaving anytime soon. I think something's got them stirred up, and I, I think that uh, if there are any experiencers out there, you probably have had um, something similar happen that uh, an amped up level of activity recently. I can't account for why um, this would happen. Um, it's easy to jump to conclusions and say, you know, something apocalyptic is upon us. So they need to step in and save us or whatever. Like right. that. So the, <laughs> I bumped the table. <laughs> so so it, it's, 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 yeah, it, it's an unknown, but, but it's a thing. And I, I can't, I can't account for it. And yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah. Why do you think things have slowed down for you based on your own experiences and what they've mm-hmm. actually done with you and what you feel like they were doing with you and why they were probably doing, doing it with you? What do you think yourself I, personally? And it's, it's, 
it's it's I know the answer I want to give, and it's a difficult answer to give because, okay, so it, it goes something like this. During those, like if you were to read my second book and see the, all the little nudges that they, they, they did to point my life in a particular direction. So my life starts heading in that direction and moving along smoothly. Now they expect more. They, they're, they're like, okay, we did what we wanted to do with you then. We pointed you in the right direction. You've experienced life on this path for this long to get to this eventual point that we knew you would reach. And now something's going to happen. Somehow um, it's going to affect you profoundly. It's going to affect others profoundly that we also nudged in whatever particular path that they were on. It's time. And, you know, I, I've, I've heard messages similar to that over the years from many experiencers, like, you know, oh, this is time. And then a decade goes by. Um, and, you know, I always keep an open mind. And now I'm getting this too. So for all I know, it's going to be just a, you know, a, a false alarm that something big is happening. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I have a lot to learn about what's happening right now. I think they're being very careful about how they they're they're setting the the table right now and that um you know i'll know soon probably what's happening and, and it's it's complicated it's difficult to even talk about it would be more simple for me to say nothing's happened to me in the last 15 20 years and leave it at that and say i don't know why but i don't want to be dishonest something has happened to me i just i just don't know uh the context into which to put it and um it involves discussing other people's accounts that I don't know that they're ready to discuss either. So yeah, I, I unfortunately have to, I'm not trying to be coy. I just sort of have to, to leave it at that. Yeah, no, I appreciate honest. We, we always want the honest answers yep. and, and the genuine answers, the authentic answers. And I'm just going to put it out there that all night long and I am home alone tonight all night long, my whole house has felt very active to me. I'm constantly catching glimpses of things, almost like I was doing a reading show or something, um, mm -hmm. or talking to someone about other spiritual stuff. And it's just very active for me tonight in that way. I just found that very interesting because with other, other, um, guests and, and topics, it doesn't, it's not, <laughs> you know, this is a pretty well controlled environment that I keep, you know, especially working out of my house. So it's, it's pretty interesting that it's been, and we don't generally get happen here tonight. No, we, we don't get trolled. Either. In, no, yeah. maybe one, but not. What's yeah. that? I don't know what you're seeing and I probably don't want to. So that's okay. No, oh, it's, no. it's, it, it actually Just popped random. up multiple, multiple yeah. locations, but they were all very similar. So it was weird for them to right. go to. Cause we only, maybe every two shows or three shows, we'll get like one, not four. And, and one we're such a, it. such, I mean, we're coming to you eight different locations. So it's kind of weird. I'm like, what is going on here? Um, do you think maybe some of the increased is, uh, you know, that you're seeing us because now, you know, we've, we've switched from the Navy watching us. Now the Pentagon's jumping on board and the report coming out and maybe something's mm -hmm. getting pushed, you know? So, yeah. Chill right up my back when you said that. That yeah. was just like, 
So goosebumps like goosebumps sitting here. Yeah. Well, if, if this addresses what you're saying, so I, I, I think there's sort of a, a big show long game going on. I think that uh, the the government slash military um, now um, focused on the term UAP uh, to discuss uh, to describe the phenomena of UFOs. And admittedly, UAP is technically a better term than UFO, but it's almost like they're rebranding the phenomena. Like if you're talking about UFOs, you know you're talking about those kooks out there on the internet. But UAP, this means we're now having an adult conversation, and this is you know we're we're hitting the reset button and we're starting now. And along with that, when you talk about the videos from the the Navy, you know it's a, what the government is doing is they're slowly trying to get ahead of disclosure. Um, it's with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More and more apparent to more and more people every day that there's intelligent life out there and it's probably coming here. And so if, there, if the UFOs landed on the White House lawn tomorrow, the government would have its pants down. Everyone would be like, you know, how come you didn't say anything about this? You must have known about this. And, and you know, what could they say? But by first of all saying, oh, look, there's UFOs out over the ocean. It's not like UFOs over Chicago. It's UFOs out somewhere safe. Okay, so then maybe they'll have a coastal sighting this upcoming year. And then slowly acclimate people to the idea that there's unknown things in the sky. And with these government projects and departments talking about the phenomena and investigating the phenomena formally, they can do this slow release of information year after year. And after maybe about 10 years of doing that, and every year there's this token little set of UFO videos that are released, then when they need to, when they're forced to give full disclosure about something anomalous happening and people say, you've kept us a secret from us. They'd be like, no, we haven't, you know, for the last 10 years, we've been, you know, we've, we've been sharing all this stuff with you. And I think it'll have enough of a softening impact that that'll benefit them. I think they see the writing on the wall and know that they have to act now. And that's what we're seeing. It's no longer UFOs. It's UAPs are you know, they're, it's a marketing campaign. They're controlling the conversation to the best right. of their ability as much as they can. And, and and that's what they're doing. You know, if if full disclosure comes by this sort of goofy game that they're playing, um, it, cool. You know, whatever. Some people will need that handholding from the government uh, to, to, to walk through these very difficult steps. And those of us that know better because we've been, you know, in this, you know, up to our necks for all of our lives. And, you know, it's, well, you know, 
good. Everyone will some way, you know, and within our lifetime, possibly, um, it, it'll be a reality to everybody. And, uh, you know, good. Is this giving you some more, uh, I want to call it validation, but those folks that, that may have given you a hard time earlier in life now with this data coming out, listen to your story a little closer now? Um, well, I, I have to say there is only one subcategory of people that have given me a hard time. Uh, again, my family, my friends, uh, my coworkers, for the most part, good. But I work at a college, and there are science faculty at this college, and they uh, tend to be the, the trickiest mm -hmm. people to discuss uh, this topic with. I remember this one specific conversation I had with an instructor. I was talking to somebody about UFOs, you know, go figure. And he comes in, he's like, oh, you're talking about UFOs again, huh? And I said, you know, I said, Ed, I said, which particular UFO case that you're aware of uh, that, that you don't buy, that you don't like or whatever? He's like, I don't like any of them. I, I like none of them. And I'm like, well, just give me one. And he's like, I can't name one. I'm like, you can't name one because you don't know any? And he goes, I don't pay attention to that stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, so, okay, so you're just missing the entire phenomena without looking into it first. I said, that's not very scientific. Yeah, and, right. Oh, the daggers. From <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was very clever. I like that. <laughs> it's true though. You know, mm -hmm. no, I like that. I think, I'll, call them out. I think you'll have to be drag kicking and screaming into yeah. the, uh, you know the disclosure once it occurs and and no i don't like what the the this you know this rigged campaign you know public you know campaign to you know release the information the way it's happening but it, they've been holding it back for so long that you know yeah. it doesn't take much for a certain subset of the population to freak out yeah and yeah. And, and do damage or make bad decisions when they're upset so for some people they'll need a security blanket and you know i'll just ignore what's going on and do keep doing what i'm doing in the meantime wow okay. we already got your reservations at the hotel so you're yeah you know. <laughs> um you, you threw me off with the bigfoot thing so what's your favorite theory on that um once I was, there's a library here in Michigan, the Caroline Kennedy Library, and a friend of mine, Rob, at the place, uh, he will, um, uh, for years, we've had this agreement that I will talk about whatever he wants me to talk about that is phenomenal related. And and so, you know, I, and it, it's, COVID has kind of broken that schedule up, I guess, a little bit. So one time he said, can you talk about UFOs and Bigfoot? sightings together. And I said, I don't know if I can find much in that regard, but I know there is something there. So I think the first day I, I, I came up with 80 and by the second day it was like 200 some. And, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, there is not just a little bit of information on this. There is a heck of a lot of information. Um, and it's not just Bigfoot and UFOs appearing in the same place, in the same sort of geographic region. It is sometimes Bigfoot and UFOs being seen like one day after another or within hours of each other, right down to um, like the stuff you'd hear from Stan Gordon, you know, UFOs and Bigfoot together. And so, it, yeah, it, it, it really opened my eyes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a thing, uh, a thing to what extent? Because 
clearly people see tons of UFOs with no Bigfoot around, see Bigfoot a, a lot with no UFOs around. But yeah, there seems to be a connection. In fact, there was a time, um, I'll finish up with my thought on it with this, is that uh, during a MUFON um, a, a state director call um, several years back, um, the international director for MUFON at the time says, you guys got to stop looking into this Bigfoot stuff. If somebody reports uh, a UFO, you know, and Bigfoot, no, we give the Bigfoot stuff to the Bigfoot people. We just look at the UFO stuff. And then somebody says, well, what if uh, somebody sees a Bigfoot, uh, you know, like within you know, the same day as a UFO in the same area? Give it to the Bigfoot people, he said. And then somebody says, well, what about if somebody sees Bigfoot and UFO together? And he's like, give it to the Bigfoot stuff. And then somebody says, well, what if you see Bigfoot coming out of a UFO? <laughs> <laughs> it was a great call. And, and he said, give it to the Bigfoot people. And, and yeah, being a smart aleck, right. I jumped in and I said, wait a second. So it's okay to take a report of an extraterrestrial coming off of a flying saucer, but he better not have long hair. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Long-haired, freaky people need to fly. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, uh, gosh. I don't I really see that. Who knows? You know, this is one of those fields that the more you learn, the less you know. Mm-hmm. But yep, it's, it's a thing. More questions than answers. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's that's why, you know, my <laughs> my PC answer, because, yeah. you know, where we go down the path and what we see and what we hear, and you know. Yeah that's just just it you know when you, you talk to stan or eric and oh yeah we saw this and that and oh yeah eric yeah you know and mm-hmm. it, it and it, i i did an interview on a law enforcement show and they're like oh the bigfoot you know ha 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 and, but you know in 1976 while i was here i saw i'm like <laughs> okay you know but i guess it's the same thing when i give the ghost folks the hard time and i'm like you know i'm out chasing furry furry creatures around the woods but you know it, you know, our experiences take us different ways and different paths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. uh, I, I do appreciate you coming on tonight. Yes. Uh, it's been a pleasure and it's just been so, so informative and interesting and, and so personal. So we're very grateful that you're willing to come on and answer all of our questions and, and really share your life. So you know? where can folks find you? Okay. So, I'm a fairly easy target. Um, if you know how to spell Konkolesky, there's exactly 16 of us. And I pretty much am 99% of uh, Konkolesky on the internet. So, uh, <laughs> nice. So, so, but uh, MUFON.com is uh, MUFON's international website. If you see a UFO, go to MUFON.com to report it. If you want to investigate a UFO, Go to MUFON.com and find out how to be a trained field investigator to look into the phenomena yourself. MUFON International is a subscription-based membership. MUFON, the state organization, uh, Michigan MUFON, is donation only. So all you need is an email address, and we let you know when the meetings are, and you get a free copy of our newsletter that comes out every other month. Uh, We have meetings where we have special guest speakers. Um, in January on the 23rd, we have Tony Civilella giving a presentation on remote viewing. And um, the state membership uh, for our state our state website is mimufon.org, mi for Michigan, and MUFON, so mimufon.org. Also, I have a personal website that I, I really should be a lot better at keeping up to date, and that's experiencer.org. 
me as in me experiencer.me awesome. wow that's great thank you deb we love deb oh yes yes especially and, right there and a, and a plug uh, and every year in september <laughs> there was a phenomenal ufo conference um at houghton lake and uh mm. deb and rj uh Darus, uh who are sometimes apparently watch a show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they, I think it's our last two guests. <laughs> and, and Mike Smith and, and a large group of people that help out with that yeah. uh, event as well. MUFON uh, partners with them. And the event is it, just an incredible UFO uh, live conference every year. And uh, some of the best presenters on the uh, who are experiencers and it's a very familial conference. It's like a very tight knit. Um, everybody gets to know everybody, and it's uh, it's awesome. a lot of fun. Oh, that's wonderful! Wow, we just appreciate so much ha ha your time. We would love to have you come back again. Yeah, oh sure, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank well, you, you so much. Definitely a reason we're going back to Michigan again too. So, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So we will see you back in in. What is it? August. August. They do it in August. Oh, yeah. Took the time off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. But. Well, thank you so much. And please keep us posted on all of your happenings and what's going on. And everybody out there, please make sure contact him. If you have any questions, the books, read the books. Yes. Find him, follow him. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very authentic, genuine. We love it. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. And Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes, Merry thank Christmas. Out, Happy holidays. <laughs> and thank you again for, you know, unfortunately me not being available last week. So thank you for joining oh. us. So I'll yeah. notice <laughs> again. So bubble wrap. So, if you want to hang out just a second in the back and we're just going to, we'll close out. So, okay. Uh, push the right buttons here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, my screen's wow. got all messed up tonight. And I know. Sorry. You're having a hard time tonight. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry. <laughs> we thank Bill. Uh, oh my gosh, what a cool yes. guest! He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, really, really love having him on. Oh my gosh! So, what do we have going on um, next week? We got a show it's Tuesday Ronald, night. It's duh, <laughs> duh. We have a show Tuesday night. So we have Ron Murphy. Would you like to yes. talk a little bit about Ron Murphy? Very quickly. Oh. Yes. Well, we're going to talk with Ron Murphy. Uh, he is covers a whole bunch of different he areas. He's got everything. We're going to talk fairies. We're going to talk Bigfoot. We're going to talk spirits. spirits. We're going to talk water creatures. Sorry, I'm taking care of a, another heckler there. Um, so, is. yeah, great, 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 great. Uh, I boy. This man has so many books that he's written on all these different topics. It's crazy. Yep. And I've got really a whole nice bunch guy. of them in the other in the other room. Yeah. I've got two more. Uh, let's see. You got a live uh, reading show on um, that through the 29th in Buffalo. Oh so, yes, yes, yeah. live in Buffalo in person. So tickets are still on sale. So um, do you have the fly? Do you have? Them? I don't have it there. Um, what? Sorry. What? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a okay. little slow. Yeah, it's all I, right. I, I'll get it. So on go there, but, to yeah. my Facebook page and or our Facebook pages. Uh, you can also go to Paranormal Oddities 
And that is actually where I will be doing the show. He has the venue inside the shop, which is absolutely amazing. It's it's a really cool space. So it is a live gallery show. Tickets are still on sale. Call the shop. Um, and you can find all the information online um, on any one of our pages, yeah. our Facebook pages. So, yeah. Thank Where's you, my sage? not working today it's all good so, all right all right thanks folks and uh you know be safe and hold on merry christmas yeah. happy uh, holidays yeah, that's I was, thought you, you know, were doing that so no. all right no stay safe stay healthy please uh be good to each other and let's start this new year off the right way and we will see you all next week in the meantime stay safe head sample on <laughs> good night everyone good night With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.